You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. Hello, and welcome to Women of Influence, Columbus Business First interview series with some of the female power players in Central Ohio. Today's episode features a conversation with Lukanda Dagger, president of Velvet Ice Cream Company. Lukanda has been shepherding the longtime family business through the upheaval of the pandemic, while also overseeing a big change in the way its ice cream is produced. I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. Well, Lakanda, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Eleanor. Well, so to start off with, obviously, uh, you are in a family business, but that was not your first career out of college, right? Did you did you always plan to return to ice cream or what did that look like when you were entering the workforce? Well, I really I think like a lot of young people, you really never know where the future is going to take you and and really what you want to study when you go to college and what you want to do after college. But I have been surrounded by this wonderful family business all of my life and grew up in a family that, you know, at Sunday dinners, we were talking marketing and logistics and distribution. And I heard all of these terms, but so I went to college and, and dad never really put any pressure on us. I mean, he just said, go to college and then he he did say one thing that he wanted us to work outside of the business before ever coming back and committing full time to come back to the family business full time. So I worked outside of the business. I was a buyer for a women's clothing store chain in New York City. So it was kind of my glamour job. You know, it was I, I had a I had a budget. I got to spend somebody else's money and just buy all kinds of beautiful clothing. And um, so I lived in Cincinnati and. And then I attended a dairy conference in Chicago with mm-hmm. my dad and my uncle. And at that time, after I attended that conference, I said, I'm back in. I, I just mm-hmm. got hooked. I, I just mm-hmm. love being around the industry and the people and just the food business in general is it's challenging, but what business isn't challenging, but it's a lot of fun. I feel like I hear that from a decent number of people in family businesses that, you know, wanting to work outside of it before you you come back in what do you feel like what did that teach you why was that valuable to have done that it was so valuable in so many different ways honestly i mean the main thing is that you learn to have a boss other than your dad or your mom or a family member you know and you're and you're out you know 
really understanding your own management style, your own leadership style. And you really get to just be, I think, a lot more independent and build some confidence and and see what the rest of the world is doing out there. See how other businesses are ran. So I could bring something back to the mm-hmm. business, family business. I think if I would have just gone into the family business right after college, I would just be constantly learning. Maybe I wouldn't be giving as much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was very beneficial. And how much of the family works in the business today? And, and what are the the pros and cons of working with family members. Currently, my, my father had four girls. So two of us work in the business today. My, it's myself and my sister, Joanne. And uh, and dad, dad's still there. He's chairman of the board, 81. He still comes to the office pretty much every day and uh, is passionate just about the ice cream business. I mean, he really doesn't get too involved in day-to-day operations, but... Mm-hmm. He's kind of there. At, he's our mentor. He's the, he's a guiding light that we kind of say, hey, did, did we cross all of our T's? Did we dot all of our I's? He might say, you know, you missed this or you missed that or, you know, so he's always challenging us. And um, I mean, there's no doubt that working in a family business has its own set of challenges. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I've always said we're a family that gets along at home. So we're a family that gets along at work. Mm-hmm. I think if we, if we were dysfunctional at home, we'd probably bring that dysfunction to work. Um, but there's no doubt. I mean, we have our our highs and lows. I mean, I might be very strong-minded. We need to go, you know, in one direction and someone else might feel like we need to go in another. But we just we just talk it out and we try to come up with the right solution for the business and for our mm-hmm. employees and our customers. Well, uh, this is jumping ahead from where I wanted to talk about but this is a good example. So y'all just made a fairly major production change. Can you talk a little bit about how you navigated that communicating with stakeholders, both inside and outside of the business? Were, were there people who were really resistant to this shift and, and how and why did you kind of sell it? Yes, we had to bring everybody together, you know, quite quickly on on this decision. It's something that we had talked about in past board meetings for many different reasons, but you know, the labor issue, the cost of continuing to put capital investment into the plant and into the distribution and sales side. So it, it was a very tough decision. And sometimes in a family business, you you make you it's easy to go down the road and kind of make emotional decisions, but we really tried hard to keep this very business focused and what is the right thing for the business. Um, Cause we've been making ice cream in Utica for 107 years. So it was, it was a tough decision, but I had to make, I had to bring all the board members together on a Saturday and we just, we just talked it out. We let everybody, you know, pose their position on it. And at the end of the day, we were fortunate. We were you know, 99% all aligned on the new business model mm-hmm. wanted to go. Yeah. And I guess we should, for people listening to this, who haven't read our excellent coverage, sort of a recap. So y'all have shifted your production outsourced it essentially, right? Correct. Yeah. Dan Eaton did a great job, um, you know, explaining all that, but we're, we're basically the way I try to explain it is we have just kind of taken a pause in production right now. You know, nothing is forever, but for right now, we're just taking a pause and we've teamed up with some 
um, top-notch co-manufacturers here in the Midwest who are making product for us um, within, within our own formulas. I mean, they're mm. using our exact recipes. And um, product is already on the shelf. We started getting product out on the shelf two weeks ago, and we have been flooded with social media comments that, you know, our consumers are very pleased with, with the quality of the product. Mm-hmm. And I know that one thing Dan mentioned in his coverage is, is obviously you guys are uh, really connected to Utica, to the kind of tourism scene there. So how was, you know, how did you talk to city leaders about this change and was their concern on that front? Well, you know, we tried to make it as clear as possible. And, and the one thing we've always been with local leaders and our consumers, our, our associates is very transparent. So we were very transparent in the very beginning that our headquarters will remain in Utica. So we still have a very strong sales and distribution team that we have to support. So we're still 180 employees strong as a company. So, you know, moving forward, the old mill will still be there. We will still have the ice cream festival every year. Our headquarters are still there. Uh, we're still a big part of, of Licking and Knox County. Um, unfortunately, yes, we did have to let go about 15 people in production. And, you know, nobody ever takes that lightly. We we don't take it lightly internally. The local community of Utica obviously did not like to see that as well. But um, we, we've done our best trying to either reposition some of those folks within the company, like our mix man who was making mix now works in the freezer. Our production manager um, is still with us after 40 years. Uh, we're finding lots of different positions for him. Um, and then we tried our best to help the remaining staff, you know, find jobs elsewhere. We we contacted Tamarack Dairy in Newark. We contacted a couple other companies in Mount Vernon. There are a lot of people obviously looking for good associates. So mm-hmm. we really tried hard to connect, connect the good people with the good organizations. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of workforce challenges right now. Absolutely. How are you feeling about the pandemic today? I feel like I, I was asking this question in terms of like, what are you most excited about coming out of the pandemic? And now there's all these, uh, you know, the variants. All coming back. Yeah. Yeah. We were excited to kind of let loose of the mask and just kind of, you know, the old mill opened and we've just been extremely busy down there because people are ready to get out and about to an ice cream parlor and a, and a restaurant and a visitor center and all that. but. We're having to bring in and tighten the reins a little bit more. You know, our task force committee met again this week and we're going to start doing temperatures again at the uh, office and within our distribution facility. Uh, We make, and and honestly, a lot of our customers such as Kroger, CVS, Walgreens, Meyer, whoever, they are mandating that our drivers and our sales team wear masks again. So we're tightening up things again. Yeah, it's hard. It's, I got to start remembering to, I feel like I look like an anti-masker. I just sometimes, I have started forgetting forget. to have a mask with me, you know. Right. Um, so I need to try and work that muscle again <laughs> a little bit. How did you personally weather the pandemic and as much as we're over it? Uh, you know, were you, did you become a remote worker and, and uh, what did your time look like? a really good question. We, um, by the governor from the very beginning, we were deemed an essential business. So honestly, it was just uh, regular day-to-day business for us. We, I worked 
at the office every day. Um, I felt like if our staff was going to have to be there, I better be there as well and, you know, and show that courage from, from the front line. So really, we didn't have too many people working from home. There were a couple people in the office that worked from home just because we're kind of closely, you know, the seats are all pretty close in there. But production, we worked distribution, we were working, our drivers were out every day. So it didn't really change too much in our day-to-day business. We just had to make sure we put all the right, the right sanitation stipulations in there and everybody was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, let's see, the, this podcast is about women in leadership. So another fairly open-ended question, what does gender parity look like on your board and, and in your leadership team and, and as a woman, uh, which some, I sometimes hate questions like that, even though I host this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. And I try not to focus either the fact that I'm a woman. I'm in a male-dominant industry, but still, I, I, I try not to, I really don't focus on the gender. I focus just on what needs to be done and, and just all of us collaborating, working together. My father, you know, had four, four daughters, so he had to get used to being surrounded by, by women all the time. And, and, you know, we think a little differently. And, you know, I know in the very beginning, I would collaborate more with our management team and get everybody's ideas. And he would be like, just tell them what you want them to do, you know, <laughs> be a little more directive. And I said, dad, that's just not my style. As a woman, we're going to, we're going to hear everybody out and we're going to get their ideas and then together we'll come up with the best solution. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's what we've done. I mean, we have a good mix of young people on our team, male and female. We have a good mix of associates who've been with us 30, 40, 45 years. And um, so we just kind of all come together and meet in the middle because there's a lot of experience there on one end. And then we've got a lot of new, you know, green energy on the other. So we just all kind of like meet in the middle and, and charge forward. That's all you can really do. Yeah. I was going to ask on uh, circling back to our family conversation, are there younger generations of the family that are coming up in the business now? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, most of them are a little too young yet. I mean, they're still in like, grade school and start them young. They would love that. Start them young. Exactly. I mean, they come around the plant quite a bit and dad just calls them inventory shrinkage because they're just constantly eating ice cream. But, um, my one nephew who has shown great interest in the business, he just graduated from Hartley, um, Bishop Hartley in Columbus and is off to college next week at university of Cincinnati. And, and he's worked for us for the last three to four summers in different various um, areas. So most of them are starting in the business like we did. You know, they're mm-hmm. working in the old mill. They're, they're you know, dipping ice cream down there or waiting on tables, what have you. But, and then eventually they kind of work their way up to the office and in production or into distribution. Got it. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> Everybody always asks me that. <laughs> I love chocolate. I am a chocolate lover and the most like intense chocolate, the better. So okay. how about you, Eleanor? Uh, I actually am not that big a fan of chocolate. Um, <laughs> so I really, I have specific passionate, passionate taste. So I don't really try anything. So I only like a cookies and cream or a cookie dough ice cream. It's really the, the only type of thing that I will have. Um, and yeah, I don't like just 
straight chocolate ice cream or anything like that. So yeah, oh, those are good old top 12 flavors, you know, yeah. you can't beat those. I did. I did uh, eat a lot of ice cream during the year that I was pregnant. So now I'm having to sort of wean myself up. Ice cream and donuts were a big part of my diet. <laughs> so, um, and a little more about you, perhaps different questions than just the ice cream one. I'm sure you, as you said, you always get how many hours a week are you working? I don't know. I, you know, I don't track my hours. It's in a family business, but I think any business, because we have associates that seem to work 24 seven as well, you know, and they're not technically family, but when you're passionate about what you do, you just, you do what you have to do. But I, I, my husband will say, I never stop working, but you do have to find that balance. I will yeah. say the late, especially to the women out there, you've got to find that balance because I have a 17 year old. And, you know, the last thing I want her to say is mom, you're always on your phone or you're always in front of the computer. Mm-hmm. You know, those are just things you don't like to hear as a mom, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'd say 60 plus hours a week is where I try to keep it, but I, I have to catch up a lot on the weekends because yeah. I can't get it all done during the week. You're, so your 17 year old, she sleeps through the night, right? Uh, this yeah. will happen for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she actually, my daughter did actually sleep through the night from like months two and three and then month four hit and she was like, I don't like doing that. Yeah. So, well, so yeah, that's sort of why I asked that question is what do you do to give yourself a break? How do you recharge, take some time? Where will we find you on a Saturday morning to, to find a little bit of personal time? Yeah, I love to do hot yoga. So I'll do my best to get to the hot yoga class or a, a, we also belong to the gym. It's called bar fit. So it's similar to a CrossFit, but maybe not as intense as CrossFit. So my husband and I work out a lot together and, um, and then we live on a, on like a 350 acre farm. So we like to hike. We love to hike. So we'll go out and just hike the farm and just be out in nature. I feel like that's so healing is just to get that, that fresh air and to breathe in all that clean air. So and then I love to cook. I'm really a homebody, even though I go so hard all week long with work. Uh, on the weekend, sometimes I won't even leave home. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll just I love to cook. I love just to be here with the family together. And my daughter Lauren likes to cook, so we'll cook together. And well, that's great. Yeah, well, if you've got if you've got the space to to roam around, why leave? You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> what else <laughs> do you have on here? Fun and just stay here. You know. Yeah. Do you have any animals? Um, we do. We have. Lauren has been involved in 4-H for many years. So we had a pig, a 4-H pig for many years, but we do have chickens. So we get fresh eggs every week and that's a treat on its own. And, um, but then we have, you know, a couple dogs, a few cats, but mm-hmm. it's not a, when I say a farm, it's not a, it's not like a, yeah, farm. not a, like a yeah. Yeah. actual farm or a working farm. Got it. One thing I always like to ask in these is if you were talking to a young woman entering the workforce, maybe even your daughter, although in a couple of years, what's one piece of advice that you would want to give her uh, if she was looking to follow in your footsteps and and become the leader of a company one day? Good question. I mean, there's a lot of things I talked to Lauren about and a lot of things that she sees me doing already. And, you know, one thing she asked me the other day is like, mom, what's the secret of being successful? Like they think there's just this, formula, you know, that you have to follow. And I just said, Lauren, it's, it doesn't get much, it doesn't change from generation from generation. What was passed down to me is just work hard and 
perseverance. You just, you have to persevere no matter through good times or, or bad. And my uncle always just said, do the right thing. And seems like super, super simple advice. But I think when we get into business challenges, sometimes we overthink it or try to over strategize or, you know, you just have to sit back sometimes and say, okay, what's the right thing to do here, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and just to work hard. I, I, I told Lauren the other day, especially with all the challenges we've been through in the last three months, there are days I did not want to get out of bed. You know, I just wanted to curl up in a corner and just stay there for a few days. And you can't, you know, you have, I have people relying on me. And if I'm going to be the leader that I've been and that I want to continue to be in the future, you, you just have to get up and go in and be that fearless leader and, and really not, not to let them see you sweat. I try mm-hmm. my best because if I'm fearful, my staff's going to be fearful. So I just really, you got to put on that game face and that's what works for me. Well, I hope you're feeling better about things now. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's good. Absolutely. Well, great. I mean, I think that's all excellent advice and, and kind of a nice place to wrap things up. So I think I will thank you for joining me. It was a delight to chat with you. Thanks so Thanks. much. Anna. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure.